I saw one of the craziest things I've ever seen in my life yesterday coming out of Washington. Uh, Donald Trump's speech, and the reason why or addressed to the to the public, he basically jumped on a reporter that asked over the weekend, you know, what would you tell the American people at this time? You know, how would you, uh, you know, what would you advise them or what would you tell them uh, to keep them calm? And he basically snap back at the reporter and told him it was a nasty question. It, it was just so mind-boggling what's been going on in Washington. So we are joined now by Reggie Cicchini, who is our Global News Washington correspondent. Reggie, welcome to the show. I Could you give background on exactly what I'm talking about here? Because I don't even know how to put it in words. It was bizarre TV, and I wish it was, you know, for th- theatrical reasons, but it wasn't. It's it, There are lives at stake in the States right now. Yeah, it was bizarre TV, and it was also bizarre that very few reporters that were sitting in the media room with the president uh, backed uh, Peter Alexander from NBC News when that situation took place. CNN kind of backed him later on, but uh, sometimes there's a disconnect between what individual journalists' uh, uh, plans and goals are for that day. But at the end of this, uh, we had Peter Alexander simply say to the president, what do you say to scared Americans who are confused over the conversation about potential treatments for the COVID, potential uh, issues when it comes to the economy? And the president snapped back and said, well, I, you know, what I would say is you're a terrible reporter. You are a sensationalism. He was talking, you know, trying to call uh, NBC, MSDNC and Comcast, who is the owner of Comcast. I mean, this was this was an incredibly inappropriate opportunity for the president to try and rail against the media when at the end of the day, the media is the one who needs to broadcast the message from the president. Right. So he held this press conference yesterday to try and make up for it. And at the beginning, apparently he was doing okay. And then he went off script and started talking about himself and his business and how he's dealing with COVID. Again, the president last night during this wide ranging and incredibly chaotic uh, uh, press conference that he was giving. Yes, he started off by talking about this being a health crisis, not an economic crisis, despite the fact that it is very much so an economic crisis now because it is a health crisis. But when he was asked if he sold any of his stock or if he owned any stock, it went into this very long 10 to 15 minute ramble about how he's uh, you know a billionaire multiple times over and how rich people shouldn't run for the president but he did run for the president but rich people shouldn't be able to and he's still very rich and it 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 completely left anybody who was listening to it or watching it with a jaw on the ground because he was ignoring the simple fact that there is a health crisis underway in his country and instead focused for 10 minutes on his own personal financial situation, which means nothing to anybody across the country. So there was definitely a a bit of chaos and disorganization at the highest level of, of government who's trying to deal with this crisis. Let's talk about something else that broke over the weekend. It was the fact, and you alluded to it, and he alluded to it with the selling of stocks question. There was classified information we're hearing how about now about how big this uh, COVID-19 pandemic could possibly get in the States. They had that information early January. And apparently everybody that was, or many people that were tied to that um, classified information started to dump stocks. It's not really insider trading, although I think it should be classified as insider trading, but they had a line on this could get very bad. And not only did people dump stocks, but the president did little or nothing. Talk about that. Yeah, so this is involving three Republican senators and a Democratic senator, uh, Dianne Feinstein, from California, where all of them got this closed-door briefing from officials before this pandemic was called a pandemic. Uh, and and in some form or another, within some number of days, these senators went and decided to sell hundreds of thousands in towards the millions of dollars worth of stock, and in some cases started to buy up stock uh, in companies uh, like Cisco, who are now you know incredibly uh, incorporated into this crisis. 
crisis by being able to connect people. Uh, one of the Republican senators who did this, Kelly Leffler from Georgia, not a fan of the president, president not a fan of hers, but also interesting because her husband is the chair of the New York Stock Exchange. So it's adding other layers wow. of depth to this uh, this situation that there are now calls for some form of criminal investigation uh, as to whether or not this could have potentially been the senators putting their own benefits over the benefit of, of the country as a whole. And this story is a big one because I heard one of the um, people that used to work for the Obama administration talk about how Obama would go home literally at night with binders, very thick binders full of classified information, and he would study top to bottom. It is Was there a problem that, uh, I don't know how much we know about this because, you know, uh, the story changes on a daily basis, at least the messaging that you get out of the White House, but was Trump not taking this classified information seriously? Was he not looking at it? What was on top of this COVID-19 pandemic in the state's early January. Well, look, the president, uh, you know, since since the day he was elected to office has never been the kind of person to bring his work home with him unless he's bringing Twitter home with him and bringing Fox News home with him. This is how he gets his information. He also gets his information when people bring forward to him uh, documents that are detailed in kind of pictographs and, and large, uh, large pictures that he can follow along uh, and other documents like that. Uh, the president doesn't bring things home with him. And, you know, the messaging gets confusing because he said just a couple of days ago, quote, I knew this was a pandemic before it was a pandemic. But a few days before that said nobody knew that this was coming. There was no information that this was coming, despite the fact that we reported this on Global on January 17th, that there was a mystery virus floating around uh, in Wuhan. The president uh, oftentimes doesn't do his research, relies on media networks, particularly right wing media networks uh, and people within his administration to give him the details he wants to hear. And outside of that, he then becomes uh in the dark on some of the bigger issues and that's why we find him getting into these circles where he can't get himself out where he goes back to talking about his own finances or talking about the election in 2016. Another thing that people were talking about in the states is the fact that uh, this bill has been passed is the Defense Protection Act and that uh, allows the government to go in and order factories or ask factories to make personal protection equipment and ventilators, things that they don't normally make in uh, times of war. It, it's passed, but it hasn't been enacted. So what's the deal with that? Well, the president says that there are a number of companies, namely 3M and, and Haynes. These are the two that he keeps talking about over and over, who have come to uh, the administration to ask if there's anything they can do to ramp up pr uh, production of any kind of supplies. Uh, GM also saying they're going to start trying to get into uh, the ventilator manufacturing uh, process. But with this act that's in place, it's essentially a wartime act. And the president signed it into law, but he says he doesn't want to use the strong arm of the government to force these uh, companies to try and make these kinds of equipment that would help health systems. At some points last night, he was equating it to socialism. He was trying to say that it becomes the nationalization of business when all it does is open up the government uh, as a free market purchaser of the items that these companies are going to produce. Uh, and it therefore allows for this equipment to make its way broadly across the United States. The president has not done any of that yet. He's simply waiting for private businesses to approach him. Uh, and, and it's leaving more confusion and it's leaving frustration and anger uh, through the governors of the United States who are still waiting for some kind of federal rule to allow for things to smooth out slightly because this is a, a patchwork and a piecemeal uh, uh, configuration to try and combat this crisis where the president is making states and local counties go with this on their own when the president ultimately has the power to do what he can and to do what he wants to ensure uh, that the country is able to roll through this safely.
It's terrifying. The U.S. Surgeon General, Dr. Jerome Adams, today gave a, a, a sobering message to Americans. He said, I want America to understand this week it's going to get bad. The, the, this week is going to get bad, but the next several weeks are going to get bad. There's still no clue as to when this is going to peak. Uh, the United States, if you look at trending charts, is on par to meet or potentially exceed what we're seeing happen through Italy and Spain right now. And there have been dire warnings that upwards of 2 million Americans could find themselves dead uh, because of this virus. Well, hundreds of millions uh, could potentially find themselves uh, infected. This is a country of only 350 million people. That is an incredible number to watch for. Between that and a potential uh, economic uh, downturn of seeing a 30% unemployment figure, which we didn't even see in the 1930s. Uh, there is a lot of crisis uh, on the way for the United States, uh, and the federal government is still incredibly slow to try and act on that. I know that the coronavirus bill, uh, the stimulus bill, has failed. Um, and people, I'm sure, are looking at it and thinking, why are you dragging your feet? What's going on with that? But inside this stimulus package, it, it did not have um, the security needed for the most vulnerable Americans. Talk about why this keeps failing and where the money is going. The money is going to, at least according to this Republican drafted bill, large corporations across America. There's more than $500 billion of this $1 trillion plan that would go to the largest companies in the country, up to and including airlines, who spent all of their billions of dollars that they made in profit over the last 10 years on stock buybacks, which lined the pockets of executives and shareholders, therefore not going towards the people who are working for these companies. United Airlines last week said that if the government doesn't bail them out, they'll just go and lay 60% of their workforce off. That's a form of hostage taking uh, on, on United Airlines' part. This bill only offered upwards of $350 billion to small companies across the United States. That's potentially not enough money to allow these companies either to stay afloat, to pay their workforces right now, or you know make good for things when when business gets back to normal sometime down the road. And the president just a few days ago said that small businesses are the heart and engine of the U.S. economy, yet this bill only deals with the largest companies in America. It goes to show that there is a further disconnect between the messaging from the president, from lawmakers, and from the average person who's sitting there worried that they're not going to have money to pay for their mortgage payments because they're simply not working right now. You know, a couple of months ago, I did not think that this Donald Trump presidency could get any worse, but it, it certainly has. Rand Paul, senator, has tested positive for COVID-19. Apparently, he was at a, a do, as my mom likes to refer to them, in Louisiana, where uh, someone, uh, more than a few people have since tested positive for COVID-19. So he got a test, was walking around asymptomatic, meaning showing zero signs of having coronavirus. And he is, has tested positive now. Apparently, while waiting for results of the test, Reggie, he was going to the White House gym. He was going to the gym and he also attended a luncheon with a number of Republican senators now forcing uh, a, a couple of other senators, uh, including Utah Senator Mike Lee, to stay at home, potentially now missing out on vital votes to get these bills passed. Uh, Rand Paul, worth knowing he, his father and, and people connected to to, uh, to, to Senator Paul uh, over the last several weeks, have been uh, using this uh, uh, virus as, you know, a continuation of those comments that we were hearing of the president saying Democrats are going to try to use this as some kind of hoax to go after the president. Uh, and now here he is testing positive and putting other people in, in, in danger here, but also worth knowing here. Yes, he was in Louisiana. We're hearing from doctors and from government officials in Louisiana. It is the state that very uh, is very possible to become the next hotspot because they went from zero to 900 in a very short period of time. And given the fact that there was a massive celebration there with Mardi Gras just earlier this month, there is a risk that tens of thousands 
thousands of people have now contracted this virus. So between what we're seeing in Louisiana and what we're seeing in Florida, uh, this is going to be a situation that continues to spiral wildly for the next several weeks. Well, I'm sure we'll be talking to you again. Reggie, thanks so much for getting us up to speed and stay safe. Thank you. Reggie Cicchini, our Global News Washington correspondent.